Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm here with Jessica Perkins and Matthew Stewart. Hello, David Warnicky. Hello, David. Hello. A pleasure to be here, associate. Hello, associate. Business partner. Ask prods. So have, have we talked? Oh. I don't, we've talked about it on the. Have we talked about it on the pod how we uh, we've got business cards that have been made up now, <laughs> or like a bank cards that say uh, Do Go On on them. Oh, man. Look, we'd share a photo, but it would be a, ter- a terribly advised thing to do online. Yeah, but that would not be smart. But they do exist. I mean, they'd be able to steal all our money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We created a bank account to put millions in. <laughs> and now we're just living off the interest. We don't even have to do the show anymore. No, now Sucked we're just in. doing it because we're nice people. Yeah, just like when we started, it's come full circle again. <laughs> yeah. Just because we love it. We just enjoy each other's company. We love each other and we love you, dear listener. Oh, that's really great. It's true. We do. Stop we love it. you all. I can't handle this. You know who I love especially, though? I don't want to play favourites, but I'm going to. The people that have already bought tickets to our Brisbane show this Saturday. Woo! Holy shit. 
been coming for a little while. I'm going to get my biannual haircut done up there, I reckon. Do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Okay. That's where I last got my haircut. Can I come? Sure. (gasps) Why do you trust the Brisbane barber more than the... Melbourne or any other place? It was, I don't know, there's something about this place was good. They did, they made me hurt a little bit. They used a cutthroat uh, on my neck. Oh, wow. On my throat, I guess. And it was, it was uh, red raw. And I really? loved it. I oh. hated it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, they kind of felt like I deserved it. Okay. That's a weird wow. you fetish like, thing. You go to a barber for punishment. Yeah, hurt me. <laughs> I don't know. I was chasing a riff there. Turned out there was nothing in it. Um, Old oh, Matt, he's always chasing a riff. And one, this was one of the very few times you came with me. <laughs> True, sorry. Sorry about that. That's something I'm working on. That could be my New Year's resolution. Calling it early. <laughs> Follow Matt on more riffs. Yeah, look where I got you. <laughs> look where I got you. <laughs> it's an obscure one, but um, it's fine. I was getting a haircut uh, last month and um, the guy goes, what do you want? And I explained it to me to him and he goes, what, like this? And he pointed it to his own head. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess. So that's, uh, that's now known as the Jordan at work. You go get the Jordan. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Did a great job. That's so good. Anyway, come to Brisbane. Come to Brisbane. Gotta be... If you're in Brisbane. You can see Matt's haircut. Uh, will that be before the pod on the Saturday? Yeah, I reckon. Nice. Keep yeah, it fresh. I reckon, I reckon I'll do that for sure. Yeah, great. Guys, go easy on Matt. Tell him it's, uh, it's good even if you don't think it's good. Uh, yeah, that's a bit risky, isn't it? Oh, it's very risky. Doing a but day luckily, off. I always wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Now, before we get into the show, I feel it would be remiss for us to not mention if you want to see, see, that's right, see more of us this week, you can watch all of us as guests on Gamey Gamey Game. Yeah, what do we look like? Find out. We'll never know, except if you look at the logo. <laughs> Which one has the beard? Me! I thought it was Who me. said that? Oh, you don't know. Because you can't see us. But if you watch Gamey Gamey Game, you'll see us interact in person. We talk about Jess's favourite game of all time. Holy shit. Sims 4. The Sims in general, but yes. And we're Sims very 4. positive about it. Oh, yeah, I definitely don't think it's stupid. <laughs> don't bring this up again. Anyway, uh, so Gamey Gamey Game, if you're not familiar, is a great show hosted by Evan Munro-Smith, one of our favourite friends on the Stupid Old Channel, which is a YouTube channel. Channel. So you look up Stupid Old Channel on YouTube, you'll find the show. There's a bunch of old episodes up there as well with people like Mr. Sunday Movies and Adam Knox. And we've and all been on it before. We've all been on separately. So there's a lot of cool stuff there. And um, check, it, check it out. Check, check, check it out. Check, 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 check it out. Also, Gamey Gamey Game on Facebook, you can see there too. Oh, I did a vocal fry. Oh. Are we on NPR all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I feel very smart. All right, shall we crack into this week's episode? Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. And now we always start with a question, and I've done a report this week. Did you write a question? I wrote a question. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Can you believe it? We love we love to question. Yeah. Uh, this one was voted for by uh, our Patreon supporters. Mm. This was a runners-up edition. Oh, I like this. So I've done seven Patreon votes. This was the eighth one. Are any of them Australian Idol runners-up? No, not, none of them are Shannon Knoll or any other runners-up. Then I don't care for this report at all. Yeah, Sorry. disappointing. I really would have liked to have heard one about Paulo Nutini. That's not no. quite... <laughs> what am I thinking of there? Paulini? Paulini. <laughs> Who's in the bodyguard now? Yes. 
The one that got in trouble for trying to bribe someone at the the uh, at Vic Roads, the people that give out licenses. Really? <laughs> yeah, she got in big trouble for for bribery. That's great. Very strange. Uh, no, but what I did was that, so I've had seven weeks, and every topic that came second, I gave a second oh. shot to. Oh, that's fun. And uh, they all got at least some votes, but there were a couple of front runners and one definite front runner because it won. <laughs> it was the front runner. <laughs> okay. And to get us on topic, my question is, who? Is Scotland's most famous duo of killers? Killers. Hale and Pace. The sketch duo. So they, they killed. They killed with comedy when I was a child. I remember them being funny. One of them had a moustache, which is always good fun. I'm afraid Matt is not correct there, Jess. I have a hazard a guess. I don't even have a joke answer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything Scottish right now. Ah, the Loch Ness Monster Gang. Yeah. Which was a misleading name because there's only two of them. They're actually a duo. Yeah, but a gang is really more of a state of mind, don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. That's what the monsters always said. Sometimes I call us a gang. Yeah. Gang of three. Yeah. How about if I change the question to, who is the second most famous Burke and someone? Burke and... I don't think I've heard of these people. No, me either. Well, have you heard of the killers Burke and Hare? Hare is what I was going to say. The Burke and Hare murders. No, I have no. not. Oh, very cool. This was suggested by uh, Alexis White on Facebook, who listens on the way to uni in England. So hopefully this will come up now. Now, Dave, if I am to read a little something into what you just said, yes. um, using my own detective skills. Here we go. Jess has cracked the Burke and Hare murders. Burke and Hare murders... Oh, I think I see where you're going with this. This is clearly a mystery episode. <laughs> Am I right, Dave? They never solved the murders. Who did it? Dave. Is this a classic whodunit? <laughs> uh, this is Jess trying to solve a crime by saying it's not solved, even though it was solved already. Hmm. Did she get it? Is that a yes? It is not a mystery. No. <laughs> but it is a murder episode. We love that's that's also up there in the listeners' favourite type of show. That's right. Well, I've got to say, when I put out to the Patreon vote, a couple of people commented saying, "Well, the one with the murder in the title was going to win," and I was like, "That's not necessarily." Mm. Y- yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. By yeah. just a couple a couple of votes, it was very very close. Uh, cool. Also, got a shout out to Callum B M via email. You also suggested this topic, so thank you to Alexis and Callum. So you guys haven't heard of Birkenhead? This is cool. No, I had, haven't. Had you? Uh, yes, because when when you go to... Uh, you guys have both been to Edinburgh, I know this. Yes. If you do one of those like sort of ghost tours, which are... Is that the one where you go to the pub and watch the Rangers versus Celtics? Yeah, that's game? right. Celtics. 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 Fuck. I don't want Scottish people being angry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, you... I did have a mild stroke there, Dave. <laughs> were you trying to go with the... American mispronunciation, or because you're watching in Scotland, you think it becomes Celtic. Yeah, but it, yeah, I don't think it does. It's still Celtics. It's strange, though. They definitely have mispronounced that, haven't they? It's yeah. Celtic. Anyway, so well, you, you can go on these uh, murder mystery sort of like um, ghost tours when they talk about Burke and Hare, because they are, in Scotland, famous for their murders. Oh, Good al- for them. Dave, I also said two Glaswegian teams. I really should have said Hearts. Versus another Edinburgh team. I'm sorry, Scottish listeners. You piece of shit. There's, there's three or four people who are furious right now. Oh, I assumed you were just talking about NBA. Yeah, why do you know all this? 
Haven't you guys been to Scotland? It's, what, it's, yeah. It's the yeah. culture. You didn't yeah, take went, any culture in? No, yeah, I, I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And, and I, I went, went to the Birkenhead Murder Mystery Super Extravaganza. Mate, you were so uncultured. Matt went to a pub. <laughs> I want to castle. travel with you. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun. Yeah. I think the US tour is going to be very fun. Yes, this Matt's watching Scottish sports and TV, <laughs> in TV on TV in TV. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. it in the TV. <laughs> All right, so a bit of background here. Uh, when it came to anatomy and studying the human body in the 19th century, Edinburgh in Scotland was one of the leading cities in the world. Go Edinburgh! Helping to develop the subject into a modern science. Ah. Uh, some very famous anatomy teachers populated the town or city, including John Bell, Robert Knox. Alexander Munro, who is the founder of the uh, Edinburgh Medical School, who also had a son called Alexander, M- Alexander Munro, who then also had a son called Alexander Munro. Oh, it's confusing. All famous in their own rights. To distinguish between the three, they are referred to as Alexander Munro Primus, Alexander Munro Second Secundus, and Alexander Munro Tertius. I hate that. Tertius. The first. Tertius. I know it's weird. Not junior or junior junior. That's that how they do it in the scientific junior world. Junior or junior junior. No, Tertius, not junior junior. Tertius. It sounds Irish, but it, what is it, Latin? Yeah. Jess, I would have thought you'd love that. No, I don't. You thought wrong. <laughs> I hate that. That's dumb. Well, anyway, it's got nothing to do with the story. I just liked I it. I love it. It's so pompous. I love it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I didn't know Jess would get so angry about it. No, that's go. shit. <laughs> I'm just trying to paint, paint the picture here that Edinburgh's a big scientific town at the time. Yeah, that's that, that I'm okay with. Secondus and Tertiest. Fuck off. It's probably just Tertius. I mean, I did put some sort of a weird Irish accent Tertius. Tertius. Oh, grand. Tanks a million. (laughs) 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 I just enjoyed it. He laughed as as the Stephen dog. Stephen. I hate (laughs) that (laughs) fucking dog. (laughs) You like it more than a a previous uh, running joke there, don't you? Having a small tush. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah that's that the one. I hated that's that. It really bit. offended me. It kept me awake at night. I was thinking, well, it's pretty normal, actually. <laughs> it's a normal-sized tush. Yeah, I was feeling much. it at night. Were you? Yeah. Don't you just do that anyway? Yeah, yeah I need it. I can't excuse. go to sleep without it. Yeah. Have a little tush feel. I used to hug a pillow, no, but no, now I hug my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who needs a pillow when you've got your own ass? So now I'm just question. sitting on my hands. It's weirdly comforting. It's already very hot in here, Jess. That's not <laughs> going to help. You're right. Yes, it is. Another week where we complain about the heat. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so in order to study the human body, you need human bodies. And at the time, they didn't have plastic examples of organs or anything like that to teach with. So they had to have a steady supply of cadavers. And as the science developed, the more bodies they needed to teach with. Sure. At the time, Scottish law determined that the only place you could legally get these bodies was from people who died in prison, people who committed suicide, oh. and the bodies of orphans or abandoned oh. children. Oh, my God. Okay, so only, only feel-good deaths. Yeah, Wait, right. so had the kids died anyway, or were they killing orphans? That sounds... <laughs> yeah, a little dubious. Yeah. Either way, it feels like they're going, no, no, another, another natural causes. You've been death. in the orphan orphanage for six months now. That's... Cut off. Sorry, yeah, you know the rules. You've outstayed your welcome. Yeah, nobody wants you, so you may as well do something good for science. Come over here. We're going to do this as painfully as possible. That's what wow. I meant to say. Wow. <laughs> Matt the Butcher. 
Look, just stay still. We can't. We don't want to damage your cadaver too much. Which I, never, I like how you pronounce that. I how do you say it? Cadaver, but I like cadaver. I think I would say cadaver. Cadaver. What would you say? I'm Cada- panicking. Cadaver. Oh, and Matt cadaver. would say cadaver. 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 Yeah, I'm definitely saying. I would have thought you would say cadaver. Cadaver. Cadaver to you too. <laughs> start the show with that line from now on. Cadaver, and welcome to Do Go On. <laughs> Uh, so, relatives could also choose to donate deceased family members to science, but at the time, this was nearly unheard of. I think it's really wonderful, and honestly, it's so incredible when people donate their bodies to science, but I could not do that. Then again, there was a point in my life where I thought like donating your organs was totally awful. Not awful, but like I was like, oh, yuck, I need that. What, what is your objection? To donating my body to science. Yeah. Um, people seeing me naked. <laughs> oh, right. Well, what if you put in a request that they can strip your skin off, but they just have oh! to do it, they have to do it <laughs> under, a, under a sheath? Oh, no. Oh, no. That's what she means. She doesn't want them to see her naked without skin. Oh, right. No, just not naked at all. They'll be oh, like, oh. you're seeing my nude liver. Oh, yuck. I see. I don't, I would donate my body, but. You've got to kill a bod. I don't. <laughs> Got a great bud. Science would be lucky to study yeah, that. They would. <laughs> Man, you... So much to learn. <laughs> so, so many, many questions. Lessons. So many questions. What the fuck is that? <laughs> How many nips has he got on him? Is he a man or a dog? <laughs> How many nips do I have, Jess? Tell me. I don't know. I don't want to know. Well, Jess is freaked out by it, and at the time, it seemed like a horrible thing to have your body dissected after death, and it was even used as a punishment to be an added deterrent for would-be murderers. The UK Murder Act of 1751 stated, quote, for better preventing the horrid crime of murder, in no case whatsoever shall the body of any murderer be suffered to be buried uh, by mandating either public dissection or hanging in chains of the cadaver. I'm in chains, baby, baby. So what would you rather be... I'm in chains. Cut up or in chains? Which means they legit hang your body out into the open until it rots. So people look at it and go, I'm not going to kill anyone because I don't want to be that guy. Wow, what time was this? 1751. 1751. It was a different time. It was a very different time. I think of those two options, I mean, people still see me naked, aren't they? I guess cut up. Yeah. I reckon cut up. <laughs> but you are definitely dead. But do they treat you? Yeah, yeah, the yeah they are. You yeah, are you're dead. So it probably doesn't matter that much. No, it doesn't matter. Still always pick shoot me in a space. Turn me into a tree and shoot me in a space. <laughs> wow, tree space. Yeah. How are you going to shoot a tree into space? We have the technology now, Jess. <laughs> Do we? We have the power. I don't think we have that. But okay. Bloody Tesla's got to get onto it. <laughs> Haven't you seen Groot? Yeah, good call. Oh, so a tiny tree. little tree. Yeah, sapling. Oh, yeah. cute. Uh, after the criminal was hanged, medical students would be there as the body was taken down from the gallows and would argue over who would get the rights to dissect the body. Oh, sick, sick. But the big problem in Edinburgh at this time was there just weren't enough murderers or dead orphans to go around. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Was that the Great Depression? That's what it was about, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone was poor, body poor, cadaver poor. That's right. That'll be four cadavers. Oh, I've only got one. People, you, you remember that famous photo of someone having to take a, a wheelbarrow of cadavers down to buy a loaf of bread? Yeah, I Because of inflation that. of cadavers. 
In order to uh, satisfy the desire for corpses, an illicit trade began to boom in Edinburgh. People would dig up bodies from cemeteries and sell them to students or lecturers of the university. The guys who dug up the bodies were called resurrectionists or resurrection men. Resurrectionist is better. You like that? Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, These resurrectionists were paid quite a lot of money for each body that they were able to supply. Body snatching was a lucrative business, so much so that it would pay as much as several months' work for one body. Easy. Do so two in a night. Yeah, and then you got six months off. <laughs> two nights on, six months off. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's the kind of farfa I'd be running to. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be more Dido, wouldn't it? Dig. Dig in, dig on. No. Dig, dig off. In, dig in, dig out. Dig out. Dido. That's where she gets her name from. That's what, that was what her job was before. Yeah. She was a... Mm. Singing star. Mm-hmm. What are they called? Singing star. Singer. And I want to thank you for giving me the best day. That was actually written to one of her favourite cadavers. <laughs> she was singing to a cadaver. Yeah. She wanted to thank him yeah. for giving her the best day of his life, of her life, yeah. which was digging the body up. Yep. She's a weirdo, Dada. What, <laughs> and by the way, what the fuck happened to her? Yeah, she's fallen off her face. She I imagine she's probably still big in England. I got that, mm. that feeling. Well, her life was for rent. <laughs> Remember that album? Anyway. I sure do. Something about white flags. She'll, she'll yep. be living off the stand money for, for years to come. Yeah, oh, yeah I think that, that one was massive. Uh, so they're making lots of money by digging up these people. Some people's accompanied professional body snatchers uh, as observers and were reported to have obtained and paid... For their studies with human corpses. Ugh. So you, they want to be a doctor so bad that they're like, can I come in if I bring my own body? <laughs> BYOB. BYOB. <laughs> the extra V is for BYOBB. <laughs> uh, the grave robbers were able to act with a sort of legal loophole. It was illegal to disturb the grave, but since corpses were not viewed as property and could neither be owned nor stolen, body snatching remained quasi-legal. The crime being committed against the grave rather than the body. So once you get the body out, you can just take it. And no one can be like, I I own that. Hang on. No, no, they own Who who owns the dead body? Do you think Grave Robbers is a cool band name? Yeah. Matt Stewart and the Grave Robbers? That's got to be a band already, right? Surely. It's so good. I mean, Matt Stewart and the Grave Robbers specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's got to be. I'm already in that band, surely. (laughs) What do you play? I obviously play the bloody coffin. You're hitting a coffin? That's. I always have my coffin on me. Always ready for a jam session. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, speaking of coffins... It's very hot. Yeah. Uh, body snatchers rarely dug up the entire coffin. Instead, they dug a vertical tunnel down to the head of the coffin, broke open the lid, and then hoisted the body to the surface with a rope or a long metal hook. That's disgusting. But also kind of genius, right? Yeah. yeah. So you just dig like a little bit, get down to the bottom... And they must go for pretty fresh bodies too. Right? Oh. Yeah, you got, it's got to be fresh. Yeah, it's fresh or nothing. Yeah. Now the clothes were tossed back into the coffin, so they do see you naked, Jess. I'm sorry. The tunnel filled in, and the ground smooth. No, Dave. I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> to those well, poor to those, people, those poor resurrectionists who have to see me naked. And then they smooth the ground back over to make it look like it's undisturbed. That'd also be so like because they're so freshly dead. People still be mourning them. They would. Um, oh. Also, you know, potentially be recognisable to the local community. Yeah, 
What a time to be alive or dead in this case. <laughs> uh, as Matt already said, the key was to act quickly because he needed to remove the body before it was too badly decomposed or the doctors and stuff wouldn't or even want it. They wouldn't even want it. Low-level doctors probably. <laughs> I'll they, take it. We'll take a, your rotting. I'll take a bag of pus. Oh, still, I still have to learn from a bag of pus, Jess. <laughs> you turn your nose up at a bag of pus, but I, lessons to be learned. I didn't think that I would... Not like this, but I don't. Yes, we're going back to the uh, burial cremation episode. No, I know, and that is still my favourite, but this... Just don't let it get too deep in your head. I'm only doing very shallow thinking. Bag of pus. Um, Don't picture it. Um, No, it's it's in there. Now you're making me do it. Yes, whatever you do, do not imagine the drink you're about to take from that bottle (laughs) as a bag of pus. You son of a bitch. (laughs) It's hot in here and I'm thirsty. I'm fine. It's just water. Sweet, sweet pus. Slimy. We've definitely lost listeners already at this point. Oh. The people who are still with us. They want me to go further, and I will. <laughs> uh, corpses and parts thereof. Because <laughs> if you could just get a good leg, you could still sell it for a couple of bucks. Right. Oh. Uh, they were packed into suitable containers, salted and preserved, stored in cellars, and then transported in carts, wagons, and boats. Obviously, some people were annoyed that their relatives were being dug up and sold. Ugh. So they tried to stop the robbers. That'd be right. They, okay. hired, they hired guards to watch over graves. Ugh, here we go. Nanny state. Nanny state. In some, yeah. Well, speaking of nanny states, in some Edinburgh cemeteries, you can still see guard towers where they, when people would go up there at night and watch over the entire cemetery to get a good view. Did you go to any cemeteries while you were in Edinburgh, Matt? Not in Edinburgh. I did go up to Perthshire. I went to some cemeteries there where my ancestors are buried. Was there a pub up there? Obviously, there was a pub <laughs> overlooking the cemetery. Well, they're buried at the pub. They're buried at the pub. <laughs> well, if they die at the pub, it's just easy to Quite put a few murderers in my family as well. Yeah, there's a lot of criminals. Really? Dead crim. Well, at least in, in the town that my ancestors came from with my surname. So. Are you... But I think Stuart's a relatively common surname. Thinking that some of them probably weren't even in that in the cemetery because they'd been dissected at this yeah. Edinburgh University. Yeah, yeah, it was just gizzards. <laughs> Here lays the gizzard remains of John Stewart. That sort of stuff. Mm. Beautiful. So it's nice to just connect with where you came from. Mm, it is, isn't it? Mm. It was a lovely little cemetery. Uh, I'll, no, I'll post a photo of it. It's real pretty. Also looks kind of like a haunted cemetery. cemetery. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're all creepy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other tactic to protect the dead was to erect metal cages around them called uh, mort safes. Well, they used uh, burial vaults, put metal or wooden planks over the coffin, used iron coffins, filled the graves with heavy stones, or they put a giant slab of concrete over the grave that was hopefully too heavy to lift until uh, it was assumed that the body had decomposed enough that no one wanted it anymore. Then you'd move that onto the next fresh grave, so they'd go oh, that smart. around the cemetery. Uh, they also tried to deter. And smart. <laughs> they also tried to deter body statues from entering graveyards by building high walls. Fixing broken glass on top of those walls or setting trip lines Shit. attached to guns. Wow, wow. So, people, so it, was a, it was a real problem, real problem. That's amazing. I hope Nana's not going to pay her respects at night. Quick, grab her while she's fresh. <laughs> she drops every little bit along the way. Were those okay, Scottish those yells of, for help? No, they were... Oh, look, I'm the man of a thousand noises. Um... <laughs> Oh, we've we've yeah. got a new uh, name for Matt. Man, Man of a thousand th- noises. Can I hear? <laughs> can I hear noise number ten? Noise number ten. 
<laughs> well, I, I'm going to have to look at the glossary. What was that one? That one was a, a cord in a vacuum um, malfunctioning. What about noise 556? <laughs> well, between 10 and 556, there's not a lot of difference. Oh, you listen back, you'll notice. <laughs> but they tell such a story. They do tell such a story. And what... what You've, you saved the best till last. What is noise number one? Well, you didn't 1, even let me explain. That one was a goldfish being skimmed across a pond. Wow. Well, someone threw it like, like a skipping stone. Yeah. Someone threw it. Yeah. But to release it, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the fish loved it. You should have seen the look on its face. Didn't you hear that little smile? Oh, I heard it. Yeah. I did. I actually did. That was the last one there, which I think was... You can see how I developed over time. Would you call that one reminder for bin night, <laughs> yes. number one? That's what I call it. <laughs> hey Dave, is it bin night? It is, it's bin night You better put the bins out Yeah, good point Jess Look, don't get me started about my complex And how people have been putting shit in our bin To the point that I now lock it away in the garage Oh, how wait, they put stuff in your bins on bin night or pre-bin night? Pre-bin night Oh, that's not on Day one, off ham, goes into the bin Oh, that's not so on So it's got to be there for a week No, 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 good. no good Especially not at the bottom of an empty bin Yeah, Because no. that may remain Yep they really need to shake that out. But if I don't, I have no problem with people filling my bin once, once it's, it's on, on the, the street. Once it's in God's hands. Yeah. But when it's in my, in the, well, now it's locked away in the garage. And if you're listening to this, the people of my complex, fuck you. <laughs> you ham gobbling prick. Well, I'm not gobbling enough. Yeah, keep it. gobbling, prick. <laughs> it does sound like a real complex. Prick. Yeah, I've got a real complex with these fuckers. <laughs> With these pricks. With these bloody ham-gobbling pricks. <laughs> ham-gobbling prick and man of a thousand voices. No, noises. Noises. <laughs> noises. No, noises. It's so good. Um, so oh. anyway, back to... Look, I want to steer it back to corpses, Jess. Oh, yeah. Sorry, of course. Please. So, people are f- stealing corpses. People try to stop the people stealing corpses. Mm-hmm. And it actually proves to be quite successful. And many grave robbing attempts are thwarted. So this made the bodies more valuable and pushed up the price even more because now they're rarer. So it sort of backfires a bit. Then we come to our good friends, or soon-to-be good friends, Burke and Hare. I don't know if we'd oh, say yeah. good friends. I, think, I entirely forgot these guys existed. Yeah, sorry, Would we a say, bit of a... I don't know if I want to be good friends with them. Well, I'll, I'll tell you about them. I'm sure you'll come around. I'm sure you will. I can't let you said corpses... Uh, would be rarer, and I couldn't. I, I just my brain no, just kept. No, Matthew. No. Thinking steaks. Yeah, no. you weren't. But well, I'm, rare, rare you, you had that thought as well. I mean, people are listening, going, "Why aren't they talking about how the?" Anyway. No, they're going. Thank goodness they didn't talk about the bodies being rarer. No, do, my how, favorite, how do you like your corpse, Dave? My, my favorite social media post is. Hey guys, I think you missed a joke here. <laughs> I love it. It's like out of every second. There's plenty of misses. Oh, yeah. We or miss more than we swing. You pronounced a word wrong. It's like, yeah, we know. We're not yeah. smart people. Look, I say cadaver. I'm clearly an idiot. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious as to hear what uh, what the people think about cadaver versus cadaver. Versus as... cadaver. Oh. Cadaver. Maybe I'd say cadaver. I don't know. Cadaver don't, sounds better. Go, no, it doesn't. It sounds stupid. Burke and hair. Thank you. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, William Burke was born in 1792 in Ernie, County Tyrone in Northern Ireland. Can I guess oh, Hare's first name? Ernie. Okay, William Burke and what Hare? Robert. Matt, Because that a go. would be a switch of uh, Maybe, Robert is that Burke what I'm thinking? and Will Wills. I still love that Wills was... Have a go. What do you reckon Willie Hare's Wills. name is? Uh, well, is he also Irish? 
Yes, both uh, Irish. Irish. Both, both from the northern I'll part go of with a classic Irish name, Siobhan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll also go for a classic Irish name, Aoife. I would also take Siobhan and whatever, however you spell Aoife. Aoife. I will tell you, it's William Burke, and, and Jess, Jess is going to love this. Oh. William Hare. No. Oh, it's Willie and Willie. See, we wouldn't have guessed that. You'd never guess that. Two William Willies. Bill. Surely you'd be calling them the two Willies. How did that not be their Oh, maybe you have heard name. maybe you have heard of them. Yeah, the two oh, Willies. I've heard of the two Willies and their murders. Free Willies. Free Willie. Two Willies. <laughs> okay, so w- w- William Burke, 1792. Uh, first Willie, Burke, had a comfortable upbringing and joined the army with his brother Constantine. Constantine. Uh, that's right. Is that a, that's not a very Irish name, is it? No. Burke <laughs> has been described as short, handsome, and likable. So in a, many ways, he reminds me of myself. <laughs> You're not that short. Or likable. <laughs> but I am fucking handsome. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I see why that's funny. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes things are so true, they become funny. <laughs> It's one of the rules of comedy You know that one, rule of three Rule of something being so true it's funny (laughs) Uh, He married a woman This is still Willie Willie Burke It's controversial uh, In uh, Western Ireland where they settled However the marriage did not last long at all And in 1818 at the age of 26 He had a fight with his in-law Or his father-in-law over land ownership, and William Burke deserted his wife and family, which now included two children. Have we skipped ahead a bit? Because before in the 1700s. Ah, yes. So that was the Murder Act was 1750. Right. So then, the decades before he was born, the problem is getting worse and worse as Edinburgh becomes more and more of a a go-to destination for would-be doctors. Gotcha. So he's born in 1792, and in 1818 he moves to Scotland. Uh, where he works as a labourer, and he worked on the Union Canal that connected Edinburgh with Falkirk, which took many, many years to dig out. Uh, he settled in a village near Falkirk and set up home with Helen McDougall. Oh, yes. Great name. Great name. Whom he affectionately nicknamed Nelly. Oh, uh, Helen to Nelly. Is that what Nelly is? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> or Eleanor. Cool. Uh, when the canal... Or... Nelly. Gregory. Gregory. Gregory Peck. Mm. Uh, when the canal was finally finished in 1827, the couple moved. So they're living as man and wife, but because he's already married, it's not actually ascertained if they're ever actually married, but he, she's practically his wife. And um, they moved in 1827 to Tanner's Close in Edinburgh, and they sold second-hand clothes whilst uh, Burke worked as a cobbler. So that's Burke. He's a cobbler. I he's love co- cobbling. Oh, I love a cobble. Yeah. Every day I'd be cobbling. If I could cobble more, God, I'd be I mean, is it possible to cobble more than all the time? You're right. You're cobbling right now. I know, but I just want to cobble all the time. Yeah. you got to sleep sometimes. That's true. Can't cobble on the john. If I had four hands, I'd I, cobble twice as much. I'd double cobble. Yeah. Double cobble. If I had six hands. How much would you cobble? Still cobble twice as much, but I'd also uh, read a book. So you'd take up a second <laughs> hobby. Yeah. About cobbling. <laughs> Interesting that you read with two hands. What do you turn the page with? Yeah, Dave. Sorry, Mr. Magic over here. I would draw my question. 
Um, so that's Burke. Hare. William Hare. Also born in Northern Ireland. Uh, his exact birth date is a mystery, but uh, many, most sources say he was younger than Burke. His early life is also much of a mystery, but it's known that he worked in Ireland as an agricultural labourer before travelling to Britain. So I wasn't wrong. It is a bit of a mystery episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the mystery. It's our most fascinating one yet. <laughs> Tweet in your theories. <laughs> what did he do? What did Wh- he do? When was he born? <laughs> Have a crack. <laughs> Uh, he also worked on the Union Canal. For- this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving been, them for my wedding. That has been stressing. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can uh, affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulders. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also... Not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Seven years before moving to Edinburgh in the mid-1820s where he worked as a coal man's assistant. I'm a coal man. I'm a coal man. What song is that? Soul Soul man. man. (laughs) Because I... You know when you finally get a Simpsons reference? (laughs) Bart singing, I'm a troll man. (laughs) And then Marge says, I don't want you playing with anything with such hideous hair. (laughs) The troll has the exact hair she does. (laughs) That's good stuff. That's comedy. That was the theme song for a sitcom with Dan Aykroyd called Soul Man. I don't think it lasted very long. He Hmm. was a reverend and a father. Yeah, I I think I remember that. He was also a father. Yeah, it was that classic father. sort of sitcom. A yep. father and a father. Yeah. Um, Seventh Heaven already did it, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Come on, mate. That's oh. why when he moved on to Skull Vodka. Yeah. Lucky. And we thank him for that. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, Dave. Do go on. Sorry, I just want to talk about the Coleman's assistant. Please, William Bloody Hare. hell, that was a that was a, a fruitful little detour. <laughs> uh, he lodged at Tanner's Close. This is uh, William Hare in the house of a man named Logue. 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 That's not a name. <laughs> and no. his wife, Margaret Laird. No, also not a name. <laughs> Margaret. I think That's both it. of them had speech impediments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your name, Logue? Mm. All right. How do we spell that? All right. You also are illiterate. Fair enough. <laughs> Great. I'll just have a crack here, and I suppose you can't even correct me. <laughs> uh, they say so in the nearby Westport area of t- of the town. That's where he's uh, living with Logue and Margaret Laird. But when Logue died in 1826, uh, Hare may have married Margaret and took over the boarding house. Oh, that's nice. May, may have. have married Margaret. It's a mystery. Oh. It's a big mystery. This this guy. Maggie and Willie. So the other guy was described as short, handsome, and and um, charismatic. Yep. Likeable. Likeable. That's Likeable. right. Well, that was the word. But um, Hare has been described Tall. as oh, mean. Yep. And uh, he's a bear. <laughs> yes. Sorry, did Tall, I not mention that? mean bear. Wow. And he wears a little vest. <laughs> yeah. And in many ways, he, he reminds me of Matt. <laughs> he still a picker-dicker basket. <laughs> yeah. He's been described as illiterate and uncouth, a lean, quarrelsome, violent, and immoral character with scars from old wounds about his head and brow. Hot. I don't know what he's been headbutting, but it didn't, he did not come off well. Hot. Amoral or immoral? Cadaver. <laughs> <laughs> you really mispronounced it that time. Yeah, come on. <laughs> That's the hair of this podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah, bloody Big, yeah. big bloody dummy over there. Yeah. Oh, I thought <laughs> you were complimenting my hair. Remember when we used to make fun of Matt having a big dick and he didn't like it? <laughs> That was funny, wasn't it? Well, big dick over here. Yeah, sometimes the truth is funny. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Some, it's so <laughs> truthful, it's funny. And right. hurtful. <laughs> so that's Burke and Hare's background. In 1827, Burke and his partner, Nellie McDougall, Aww. went to work on the harvest where they met Hare and the two Williams. Burke and Hare became friends. And when Burke and McDougall returned to Edinburgh, they moved into Hare's Tanner's Close Lodging House well, the two couples soon acquired a reputation for hard drinking and boisterous behaviour. So they're all living in, a, in this lodger's house together where people are paying to stay in other rooms of the house. It's like a little Airbnb. It's like a hostel. It's, and it's going off by the sounds of it. Yeah, they're boisterous, they're drinking, they're willy-willy. <laughs> Come have a drink with Willy and Willy. <laughs> then, things take a little dark turn. They What? When on November 29th, 1827, one of the lodgers, Donald. <laughs> Donald. <laughs> yeah, this is Did the Did you say turn. it took a duck, oh, duck turn? It's Donald, Donald. Duck turn. I understand. Say no more. Donald. <laughs> all right, all right. I will li- literally stop. <laughs> say no more. Sorry, please ignore. So this story just speaks for itself. Donald suddenly died shortly before... Receiving a quarterly army pension. (laughs) (laughs) My brain went somewhere gross and dirty. (laughs) Anyway, yes, before I need to know what that feels like a real quarterly army pension. Oh, that gets my murderer (laughs) running. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so he was about to get some money. Interesting. He was about to get some money whilst (laughs) owing four pounds back rent to hair. Four pounds? Four pounds. Four pound. 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 Which is quite a lot. 
Pound. 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 He's a couple of, he, who's yeah. doing it better? Pound. 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 Wrong. Pound. 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 Cadaver. <laughs> Say that in English, boys. Cadaver. That sounds good. Maybe that's what I'm trying to channel. Like in the English. Harry language. Potter cadaver. Harry Potter and the magic cadaver. <laughs> oh. <The> magic cadaver. <laughs> oh. What am I like? Oh, what am I like? <laughs> um, so he owes four pounds. Quite a lot of rent. Hare complained to Burke about not being able to get the money from a dead man. And an ingenious plan was concocted. Oh, dear. They could sell the body to one of the local medical schools. Yeah, I did not see this coming. <laughs> a... Uh, Jess, really? There was a little foreshadowing. No, earlier. I thought they were going to try and pretend to be him and go to yeah, the bank. That's right. Hello, I am Donald. <laughs> Can I have my money, please? I would like my quarterly bank pension. That makes my friend Jess laugh for some reason. <laughs> she never said why. Thank you. Good day. Money, please. But for some reason, they decided to do that thing where kids do, where one step puts <laughs> guns on the other shoulder, on the other person's shoulder, and they wear a big jacket. They forgot that they were fully yeah, grown men. Yeah, so, some, so Donald's like a nine-foot man. <laughs> Hello, I'd like my army pension. Oh God, <laughs> he's a fucking monster! <laughs> <laughs> Is that the cadaver on top? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weekend the birdies. Hold it, three men high. The 12 they foot put mess. the cadaver on top, which was dumb. 12-foot zombie. You put it in the middle, you reckon? Mm-hmm. It's a pretty weak middle. <laughs> yeah, like a sponge cake. But if it's got a rigor mortis, it's kind of oh. rigid. Yeah, they're like a tortoise, full of rigor mortis. <laughs> <laughs> you doing some Aussie hip-hop? No, that was uh, NWA. Oh, fuck, sorry, NWA. <laughs> <laughs> let's get a real... Let's get a real... You seem to us Aussie hip-hop. It's got it's, it has the, that has a, the cheekiness of an Aussie hip hop lyric. Oh, they are, we are a bit bloody cheeky. Yeah, that's uh, that's some, some good stuff. That's uh, Dr. Dre respect. Oh god! So they've got the body. They want to sell it. The plan is, and this is what they do: a carpenter provided a coffin for burial, which was to be paid for by the local parish. Sort of took pity on Donald. After he left, the pair opened the coffin, removed the body, which they hid under the bed. They filled the coffin with bark from a local tanner's <laughs> and resealed it. <laughs> How much bark do we put in? That'd be a fair bit of bark if yeah. you want to make it like a man's man's worth. worth. Man's hey, but what's bark. a man worth? Yeah. Uh, hey, some... ladies. Yeah. Not much. Not much, am I right? <laughs> Who needs them? <laughs> no, not my, not not my experience. Can't live with them. Can't kill them. Are we talking about ladies or bark? I don't know anymore. Can't live with it? <laughs> Can't get enough of it. <laughs> I love bark. I'm obsessed. <laughs> so after dark, on the day the coffin after was... Bark. After bark. After <laughs> bark. <laughs> on the day the coffin was removed for burial, they took the corpse to Edinburgh University where they looked for someone to buy it. So you can just imagine them walking through a uni with a dead body yelling out, anyone want to buy this? It's sort of like trying you know? to sell drugs at a uni, you know? Oh, that's probably a lot easier. No, but yeah, with cadavers, you do it in that old school watch way where you open up your big trench yeah. coat <laughs> and you get just a, a body hanging out from each side. What do you want? What do you want? What can I get you? Orphan, grown oh, man. This what do you the, want? This is the real shit. This is the real <laughs> shit. It's fresh. It's fresh. It's fresh. Just got it. Just picked it up this morning. It fell off the back of a truck. <laughs> and they died when they fell off the back of a truck. <laughs> uh, they reportedly asked for directions to Professor Alexander Munro's house or office. And for those playing at home, that's Alexander Secundus. Ugh. But a student sent them to Robert Knox's premises in Surgeon Square. Bobby Knox. 
Bobby Knox had contracted smallpox as a child, was left blind in one eye and heavily scarred, but he had grown up to be a famous anatomist and he undertook dissections twice a day and his advertising promised, quote, a full demonstration on fresh anatomical subjects, unquote, as part of every course of lectures he delivered. He stated that his lessons drew over 400 pupils. So he's wow, doing that's these... a lot of eyeballs. Yeah, a lot of eyeballs. 800, in fact. No, oh. actually, he's blind in one eye. 799. <laughs> God, he's good. It's, a, a, it's funny to think about all these... These times, like, oh, this is fucked. What a fucked time. But our medicine now would be nowhere near where it is if it wasn't through. Yeah, a bit like other people doing grisly shit for us. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. But uh, so he's doing, he's chopping open two bodies a day. So he needs a lot of bodies. Yep. So Knox paid the men for the body. They went to his office and he was like, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, he paid them seven pounds and ten shillings. He, uh, Hare received four pounds five shillings, whilst Burke took the balance of three pounds five. Hare's share was larger to cover his loss from Donald's unpaid rent. So, but he's made a profit. So they got seven pounds pounds. Seven mm. pounds. When I was that in, that doesn't. Even though I'm aware of inflation, <laughs> that does not feel like much for a body. When I was I in London, I think this, it's like it's like it's hundreds. Or dollars. Edinburgh ten years ago or so. The first time I went there. Uh, I was buying pints pretty regularly for about two pounds. Everything so that's for like, you is pounds. So they, paid, but they, got they just paid three beers for this guy. Not bad. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not bad, bad at all. all. I mean, he's just a guy that dropped dead. Yeah. It's, like, it's like finding five pounds on the ground, practically. All you had to do was fill a coffin with bark. Yeah. <laughs> and carry a body through a uni and say, where's Alexander Munro Secundus? No, I don't like this. Hmm. Secundus. It's, it, it's definitely Secundus, but Secundus sounds good, doesn't oh, it? I'm coming around to it. Uh, one of Knox's assistants told the pair that the anatomists, quote, would be glad to see them again when they had another to dispose of. Oh, why would you say that? Wink, wink. So Knox is not asking any questions. He's like, I need bodies. You've got a body. I'll take the body. Let the bodies hit the floor and get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Take these four or five pints of beer and get out of here. Get out of here. Just before you go, let me know. Was it murder? murder. Don't answer that. Don't answer well, that. Don't. Murder. murder. No, fucked it. Target. <laughs> so they just made a killing. Pardon the pun. I hate you. From Donald's... I've actually written pardon the pun here. I from, know. That's why you hate me. I understand now. <laughs> I understand why I, I am hated by most of the population. Uh, they made the killing from Donald's body and the two men started to realise that they may be onto a lucrative thing. Uh, the pair decided that they could give another body to Knoxon early in 1828. The only problem was that this time, the tenant they had their eye on, a man named Joseph, wasn't dead yet. Oh, no. Uh, he was chosen because he was quite ill and possibly being seen as bad for business because, uh, you know, people are coming in and out and they don't want uh, a very sick, possibly contagious person Contagious person to uh, put off other lodgers. So th- but they're too impatient to see if Joseph would actually die from his uh, afflictions. Ber- Burke and Hare took it upon themselves to help him along. They plied him with lots of whiskey and then Hare suffocated him by covering his mouth and nose whilst he was forcibly restrained by Burke who lay on his chest. Burke's weight on the victim's stifled movement and also his ability to make noise whilst it also prevented the chest from expanding should any air get past Hare's suffocating grip. This sounds like we've got a new murder house on our hands. 
Murder House. Murder House. Hus. Hus. Uh, this became their favourite. I think fav- Dave's doing it wrong. I think he's wrong and we're right. Mm-hmm. You think it's not Hus? It's not Hus. It's Hus. Hus. No, it's a moose <laughs> staying at my house. There's a moose loose in my house. I mean, maybe we're doing different dialects. That's yes. true, yeah. I'm doing drunk. <laughs> which is the national language of that country. <laughs> How dare you. My grandfather was also born in Scotland. Uh, so this became their favoured uh, method of execution as it left the body unmarked and undamaged for the students who were later to dissect the cadavers. Uh, in those days, the method would have been practically undetectable as modern forensics were a long, long way away. So when the body's getting dropped off, you can't look at it. And it's not like it's got a stab wound or something. Yeah. It just looks like a dead guy. Uh, Robert Knox again paid the men for the, uh, for the body, this time 10 pounds. Oh, right. Why pounds. Is that? Ten pounds. Ten pounds. Ten pounds. That's. I'm just talking with an Australian accent. I'm saying ten pounds. Ten pounds. What's the exchange rate between ten pounds and ten pounds? Let me get the calculator. Right. Uh, an unnamed English uh, match seller. That's right. Someone who went door to door selling matches. Wow. Was staying at the lodging when he became ill with jaundice. And again, like the first victim, Joseph, thinking that a, a sick person would be bad for business and that a dead person would be good for business, they decided to suffocate him. They got, another, a taste for it. They got another 10 pounds and suddenly they had a business on their hands. How much? Nah, I don't know. No. How much, would it, how much yeah. to kill a jaundice man? No. How much money would you have to make Yes. to kill? Kill someone. 11 pounds. <laughs> Got to count for inflation. Mm-hmm. I think inflation might have... Yeah, no, all right. If you're willing to do it for 11, I'll take you on. <laughs> Just, um, I am available on Antarctica. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> that is very illegal, and I am not available on Antarctica. Though, <laughs> so we'll paint your house. <laughs> uh, the next victim was likely a salt seller by the name of Abigail Simpsons. Simpson was a pensioner who lived in the nearby village and visited Edinburgh to supplement her pension by selling salt. I love the jobs of this period of time. Imagine how many people would knock on your door, though. Matches, salt, <laughs> yeah, every beer, single gumboots, yeah, yeah. mud. You never have to go to the fucking shop. It's the so shop good. comes to you. Yeah. These days, we've got to go get everything ourselves. Sucks. I've got to buy my own matches. Mondays are aisle three. Aisle three is coming past one by one. Yeah. When's the last time you went and bought matches? I reckon I'm there a couple of times a week. Yeah, matches. Ugh. I reckon about half my life spent. You know, the times that I'm breaking from Copeland, I'm buying matches. If only there was an easy way. Mm-hmm. Well, now there is. <laughs> We're the matchmakers. Oh, you're making them? Make. Well, that sounds much more lucrative than selling them individually at the door. Yeah, you're right. Especially if you're making them yourself. You can do an, a nice little markup. <laughs> Handmade. Mm. Handmade matches. What's the stuff on top of matches? Match heads. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Both good answers. Thank you. Dave, do go on. Uh, so, Abigail Simpson, the salt seller, uh, she was invited into Hare's house and plied with enough alcohol to ensure she was too drunk to return home. And after murdering her, Burke and Hare placed the body in a tea chest and sold it to Knox. They got £10 and Dr. Knox approved of it being so fresh. 
but he did not ask any questions. Dr. Knox. I reckon there's some questions to be asked there, Noxy. And but it's nice they threw in the tea chest. Don't yeah, you? yeah, that is nice. It is beautiful. She's well, I didn't mention the tea chest was worth ten pounds as well, so the body was thrown in for free. <laughs> the free body. Free body. He that night he did dissect the tea chest in front of his class. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that beautiful oak. Just take the scalpel and uh, <laughs> cut open the, the ribs of the chest. Jess, Jess is feeling sick and I'm describing cutting open the tea chest. That tea chest has a family. Right, Burke met two women in early April. Ooh, Ooh. lady, I like, you go, yeah, all right, date time. Yeah, I'm well, like, it's time for him to turn a new leaf. <laughs> and yeah, that's right, they're, they're going to tame this bad boy. Yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer that you can change a man. <laughs> I love changing men. <laughs> I reel them in. I change everything about them. Love a project. They resent me <laughs> and they leave. Sounds a bit like you're on an episode of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. <laughs> yeah. They come on in. I change their house. I teach them how to dance. I give them new clothes. I teach them how to cook. I'm Ted and I'm done. <laughs> I'm Ted. I'm Ted. Uh, so these two ladies I'm talking about that Burke met, Mary Patterson and Janet, Janet Brown, he bought the two women some alcohol before... Inviting them back to his lodging for breakfast. So he bought them drinks before breakfast. That's the kind of time this is. Well, this sounds like uh, how I remember Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> they also watched the Rangers. <laughs> Burke's wife came home to find her husband with two young women, one of whom had passed out from drinking, and she accused them, accused them all of having an affair. A row broke out between Burke and McDougal, Nellie, during which she, he threw a glass at her, cutting her over the eye. Brown stated that she did not know Burke was married and left. McDougal also left, Nelly, and uh, she went to fetch Hare and his wife. Oh, they're, yeah, they're sort of going about a kind of normal life amongst the... Yeah, mm. trying to do that. What I think of as a normal life, being married, what a normal life. It's just weird that you're also going home and sharing a bed with someone after that day. Yeah. Normally think you, of the murderers as loners. I know, but you still, you still have small talk at the end. How was your day? Oh, oh bloody... Bloody. <laughs> yeah, bloody. Uh, so basically, they've had a fight. Uh, Janet Brown's left, but... Mary, JB. See Mary, you later, JB. But Mary Patterson, MP, she's still there. Oh, dear. Uh, he arrived shortly afterwards, and the two men locked their wives out of the room, and then they murdered Patterson in her sleep. Janet Brown came back, the other friend, and asked where her friend was and waited for her to, for her to return. Oh, yuck. Janet eventually decided to leave, having no idea that Mary was lying dead in the next room, ready to be taken to Knox, and that she herself was likely to be their next victim. Oh, my God. She got away. Uh, Their body was delivered to Knox whilst it was still warm. And and one of Knox's assistants asked where they had obtained the body, as he thought he recognised her. Burke explained that the girl had drunk herself to death, and that he had purchased it from, quote, an old woman in the cannon gate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, blame an old woman. People are trading bodies left, right and centre. Things got really out of control when her grandmother and her grandson stayed at the house. According uh-huh. to Burke, Hare suffocated the old woman as she lay in bed drunk and then murdered her son. But it's pretty convenient to blame the other guy for that one, isn't it? So that's pretty brutal. He's now, they've now killed a, an old woman and a young child, uh, which they still sold to Knox. Oh, so do you get, it'll take all ages. Do yeah. you get less or more for a kid? I, I did read somewhere that they got a deal for the two of them. Oh, yeah. Two for. Two for. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, I wonder if there's anything to learn from blood relatives. Maybe mm. if, if that's more valuable. Oh, okay. 
You could be like, this is a, this is her, a lady and her grandson. Yeah. Both drunk themselves to death and were bought from an old woman on Cannongate. Uh, I'm going to skip over a few murder he- murders here because there's so many and the timeline is a little bit muddy. Great. But they killed a lot. Or bloody. Very bloody. And on at least one occasion, Burke killed with that hair and sold the body himself. Oh. But he did not like that when Hare did that back to him. On the 24th of June, Burke and McDoodle... <laughs> <laughs> Doodle. <laughs> it's a much better name. They departed for Falkirk to visit the uh, ladder's father, McDoodle's father, who literally was a McDoodle. Uh, Burke, <laughs> Burke knew that Hare was short of cash and had even po- poned, pawned some of his clothes. When the couple returned, they found that Hare was wearing new clothes and had a surplus of money. How are you short of money if you're just... Killing bodies. I think killing bodies. like drinking it all. Oh, come on. Invest. Up the drop. <laughs> Got to invest some of that body money. That's what my dad always said. Yeah, no, mine too. You're not going to have body money forever. Yeah. Can't take it with you. Invest. Mm-hmm. Get busy investing or get busy dying. After he was asked... Hare denied that he had sold another body, even though he suddenly got cash. Burke checked with Knox, who confirmed Hare had sold a woman's body for eight pounds. Oh, he's undercutting him. It led to an argument between the two men. They came to blows. Uh Uh-oh. Burke and his wife moved into into the home of his cousin uh, two streets away, so they they left. They cracked it. Interesting. Uh, The the two seemed to make up and get back to their old ways pretty quickly, though, because a few months later, Hare was visiting Burke when Mrs. Olstler... A washerwoman came to the property to do the laundry. The men got her drunk and killed her. So that's how you get. That's how you get. You know how you kiss and make up. You kill an old washerwoman. Uh, the corpse was uh, taken to Doctor Knox that afternoon, for which they got eight pounds. Eight pounds. Are the two even killed family? Oh no. Blood relatives. <gasps> when Anne Dougal, one of Burke's wife's relatives, came to stay, after a few days, the men killed her with their usual technique and received ten pounds for the body. Do their wives know what they're doing? Yes. Okay. They are somewhat complicit. Oh, fuck. Change Even. them. And Change those men. Change them. I mean, it's not that hard. You just nag at them. When you get addicted to that sweet cadaver money. That's that right. Sweet cadaver cash. Changes everything. Changes everything. <laughs> uh, more and more of Knox's students started to recognise some of the bodies that were being dissected. Ugh. And people began to talk. After all, Edinburgh, especially at the time, is not that big a place. No, that's it. Like, branch out a little yeah, bit. You're killing heaps of people. During Fringe, though, the population really that's does right. swell. It's Triples. Re- it's really... Triples. Bloody hell. Uh, so people were starting to talk. People were recognising bodies on the table. Burke and Hare made a big mistake choosing their next victim, who was a familiar figure in the streets of Edinburgh. His name was James or Jamie Wilson, an 18-year-old man with a limp caused by deformed feet. Uh, possibly mentally disabled, he supported himself on the street by begging, so was known to many locals because oh. they see his face every single day. Uh, he was murdered, and when the body was examined the following day by Knox and his students, several of them recognised it to be Wilson. But Knox denied it could be anyone the students knew. When word started circulating that Wilson was missing, Knox dissected the body ahead of the others that were being held in storage, and he swiftly removed its head and deformed foot during dissection so that people couldn't recognise it anymore. Oh, so Knox is... Oh, he just needs the bodies. Knox needs the bodies. Yeah, he needs them. Oh, no, they're all They're all addicted to this little economy they've created. Yeah. Uh, the final victim killed on the 31st of October, 1828, Halloween, <laughs> was Margaret Doherty, a middle-aged Irish woman. She was invited to stay with Burke and Hare on the pretense that she was a distant relation of Burke's mother. 
I don't know who's lying to who there. I don't know if she's claiming to be a relative. If they're like, you're a relative. Come stay with us. She's like, Either, how do you know what? that? I'm just on the street. What, we just met. No, my mum said you're her mum. Distant. Grandma, come on in. Come on. Nanny, I you're miss you. Distant grandma. Nanny. <laughs> uh, by this time, Burke had started taking in his own lodges, and the Greys, who were lodging with him at the time, were asked if they could stay at Hare's for the night. So that while they were, they were away, they could quietly kill Margaret Doherty. On their return to Burke's lodging the following day, after their little staycation at Hare's house, the Greys were told that uh, Marjorie had been asked to leave because she had been flirtatious with Burke, which is weird because that's her grandson, apparently. <laughs> According to me and no one else. Uh, <laughs> the Greys became suspicious when one of them uh, was not allowed to approach a bed where she had left her stockings. They were like, no, don't go in there. Don't go in that room. She's like, I just want to get my stockings. When they were left alone in the house later that evening, the Greys searched around the house and the, uh, in the straw that was in the house and they found Doherty's body oh. showing blood and saliva on her face. On their way to alert the police, they ran into Burke's partner, <gasps> Nellie McDougall, who <gasps> tried to bribe them with an offer of £10 a week if they didn't say anything. Wow, that's a whole extra body. Yeah, they're going to start killing a body for this. Uh, she's in the economy. No, she said no. Fuck. The Greys reported the murder to the police, and Burke and Hare, but while she was doing that, Burke and Hare quickly removed the body and took it to Knox's surgery. Uh, the police search located Doherty's blood-stained clothing hidden under the bed. Burke and his wife gave different times for Doherty's departure from the house, which uh, looked really suspicious to police, so they decided Guys, to look into it. get your story mm-hmm. right. Come on. Mm-hmm. What time did you leave? 5 p.m.? 5 a.m.? Oh, no. That's a big window. It's a very big window. But let's get back to the times That's we're right. talking about. Well, she left through the window. <laughs> Keeps getting distracted. It's a big, beautiful window, sure. But if we could just deal with the facts of at the hand. But how good's this kettle? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, it's a good kettle. It's a great kettle. Breville make good good stuff. I love Breville. We all love Breville. Can I match anyway, toast, though? Back, I get it. Back back to the murder. Sand. So the the wife and husband are given different times. Right. So that's, it's raised enough suspicion for them to be taken in for questioning. Early the following morning, the police went to Knox's dissecting rooms where they found Doherty's body. The body was identified by Gray, one of the people that was uh, at a point of the finger at them in the first place. As Fingered them. Wo- as the woman... Fingered the dead body. As the Jess, wo- look at me. <laughs> he fingered. Ah, oh, good on us. Uh, identified as the woman he had seen with Birkin Hare. Uh, Hare and his wife were arrested that day because now there's a body. In total, 16 people were murdered by Burke and Hare. Burke stated later that he and Hare were generally in a state of intoxication when the murders were carried out and that he could not sleep at night without a bottle of whiskey by his bedside and two penny candle to burn all night beside him. That's like 160 pounds. Probably less because a few of them only got like eight. That's... Not a lot of money. And he, and it's not a lot of money now. Gonna... I know, but it still doesn't even feel like it was a lot of money then. What's no. the cost of burning that candle all night long and all the alcohol that he has to yeah. drink? Yeah. No? Well, I mean, it's called a two-penny candle, so I imagine two pennies. <laughs> no, that's because uh, two pennies, like the two willies, were the ones who invented it. That's actually true. Not true. <laughs> when he awoke, uh, he would, so he said he needed uh, whiskey there. When he awoke, he would take a drink from the bottle, sometimes half a bottle, and that would make him sleep. He also took took opium to ease his conscience. Okay, now I know where their money's going. <laughs> yeah, they need all this opium. Thing. Yeah, it ain't cheap. Oh, we've all been there. Uh, what? Haven't you had a little no little op- falling down an opium opium hole for a few months? Nah. While you're trying to Never. block out murders from your 
I've not done that. I've never done that. No. You've never had a few months. What are you saying? Now, hang on. What's happened here is Jess is currently on the opium binge and she can't remember. You're very, you're very good at hiding it from yourself. What are you talking about? You've killed it before and you'll kill again. I haven't. I've never killed before and I'll never kill again. So Burke, Hare and their wives were arrested, but with forensic evidence being what it was at the time, police found that it wasn't exactly an open and shut case. The four suspects were kept apart and statements were taken. These conflicted with the initial answers given on the day of their arrests. Uh, The body that they'd found before it was dissected was examined, Doherty's body, the old lady, and the investigators reported that it was probable the victim had been murdered by suffocation, but this could not be medically proven. But on the basis of the report from the two doctors, Berg and Hare were charged. Robert Knox, who had been buying the bodies, was interviewed and the investigator concluded that he was deficient in principle in heart, but did not think that he had broken the law. He had heaps of hearts. He had bloody drawers full of them. I've got 16 of them right here. What are you talking about? He definitely knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's dodgy as. And whilst police were certain multiple murders had taken place, they, they are certain of this. Most of the bodies had long been disposed of, so they decided to try and single one of the party out and offer them immunity if they turned on the others and gave evidence. Because they don't have any evidence. Who's going to oh, turn? One of the wives. The perfect crime. Hey? One of the bloody nagging wives. Nah, I reckon it's Willie. 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 The, Willy. I reckon the non-angry one. The good-looking Burke. stubby one. Burke. No, the other one. Well, that's Hare, who's the angry one. The other one. Burke. Burke. The other one. <laughs> nah, hair. No, Burke. Yeah, Burke. Because the, the so angry Matt, leader... The angry leader of... covering himself for either answer. Correct. I was, I'm getting confused because the, the... Burke was the good-looking one, likeable. In Burke and Wills, he was the angry right. one, and Wills was the... Um... Okay, well, in this case, Burke is the nice one. Well, it's, I mean, they're I mean, both murderers, what are the are odds they? of two Burkes with slightly different characteristics? It's yeah, you know, that's true. unfathomable. Fathomable. Well, Ooh. it hot. <laughs> William Hare, the bastard, was chosen, and he went for the deal. Ah, of course. Of course he did. The bastard. The and, bastard. And because he couldn't testify against his wife in law, she she too was immune from being charged. He confessed to all the crimes and gave them enough testimony to arrest Burke and his wife, McDougall, what a dog. for three of the murders. Robert Knox, the anatomist, wasn't charged, although popular opinion was against him, with newspapers and many locals thinking he was the mastermind and should be hanged. Now, the case was so sensational that during the trial, 300 constables were enlisted to protect the courtroom. What? There's nearly a riot. You're kidding. Because people were, you know, outraged. That's amazing. Killed 16 people. Hare took to the stand to give evidence against his former accomplices, and he blamed Burke as being the sole murderer and his wife... As, uh, as not being complicit, and she didn't do any of the killing. Right. right. Uh, the proceedings lasted just two days, and on Christmas Day, 1828, Burke was found guilty. I can't believe... Uh, yeah, that's, that's funny. It's sort of obvious that he'd be the one. I always thought the other one was going to be too... He's like, I can't take it, I've got to... But of course, he was offered the deal. So, of course, the asshole. Of course. Mm. Now that I know the answer, I'm sure it was hair. Yeah. <laughs> How does he do it? He's so good. Fuck, you're good. You should have been on this case. You would have solved it hundreds of years ago. It would have taken a lot less time. Well, the proceedings lasted just two days, and on Christmas Day, 1828... Would have done it in a day and a half. (laughs) On Christmas Day. You there, what day is it? Christmas Day, 1828. As if they're still in court on Christmas Day. Like, do they not take holidays? 
Uh, hello, it's public holiday. Um, please come on. Yes, justice never sleeps. That's so who, who was who was sitting in the judge chair, buddy Scrooge McDuck or something. You know what I mean? Judge get... David Boyle. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Burke was found guilty and sentenced to hang with the same charge against McDougal found to be not proven, so she was let go. She was a widow. (laughs) As he passed the death sentence against Burke, the judge, David Boyle, told him, your body should be publicly dissected and anatomized, and I trust that if it is ever customary to preserve skeletons, yours will be preserved, in order that posterity may keep in remembrance of your atrocious crimes. Oh, wow. So you get to be remembered forever. What a crime. What a punishment. How odd. Uh, McDougall was released at the end of the trial and she returned home. The following day, she was confronted by an angry mob who were pissed off that she had been proven uh, not guilty. Or a not proven verdict. She was taken to a police station for her own protection, but after the mob laid siege to it, she escaped through a back window to the main police station. She loved windows, didn't she? She got out. (laughs) That's a lovely big window. (laughs) Uh, she tried to see Burke, but uh, permission was refused. She left Edinburgh the next day, and there are no clear accounts of her later life. Oh, my God. She just escaped. Wow. Burke, not so lucky, who was hanged on the morning of the 28th of January, 1829, in a crowd possibly as large as 30,000. No way. Views from the windows uh, overlooking... More windows. More windows. Overlooking it were <laughs> so valuable that people... Uh, Rented them out for between five to twenty shillings just to get a good good look of this man hang. Fuck. A few days later, his corpse was publicly dissected by Professor Munro. Secundus. Ugh. In the anatomy theatre of the university's old college, a riot forced the authorities to grant access, and an estimated thirty thousand people viewed his corpse. <laughs> what? They wanted to make sure he was dead. Burke's skeleton. They only estimated in groups of thirty thousand back then. <laughs> It was actually only about 15 people. <laughs> they always round up. It's either 1 or 30,000. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 30,000, well, it's 15, but that's actually 30,000. <laughs> Burke's skeleton was given to the Anatomical Museum of the Edinburgh Medical School, where you can still see it to this day. No way! You can also see a leather notebook that accompanies it that was made out of his skin. No, uh, no, Dave, yes. you are joking. There is a leather-bound no. book, and that leather is made from his skin. That's disgusting. You know what leather is, though, aren't you? Yeah, Burke's skin. <laughs> it's always Burke's skin. <laughs> it's amazing how much they got out of it. Yeah. The thing is, if you flatten a human out, yeah. you can cover the entire globe with one human. Get out! Yeah, yeah three times, 30,000 times. Yeah. would have been better. But. <laughs> a hair, on the other hand, escaped justice completely. There was a riot when people discovered where he was staying, but with the help of police, he was able to slip away into the night. And what happened to him is unknown. Oh, you piece of shit. He got away, so he pointed the finger at his mate after killing 16 people. Got away Fingered with Fingered his it. mate and ran. <laughs> hey, we've all been there. Yeah. And finally... Oh, tell me. Tell me you haven't. Tell you me you look- haven't fingered a mate and I'm, then I'm ran away. A- and ran until there's no record of your existence ever again. Oh, okay, Dave, sure. I was, I was planning on doing it tonight. Sorry. Not with other of you. I've got other mates. Named three. Trevor? Last name? Trevor? Trevor Trevor. It's a good name. Oh, boy. We're his only friends. You sad, sad little Well, the sad loser. thing is I'll have to finger one of you. Oh. What? No, no. Trevor Trevor. We believe yeah, you. Yeah, finger Trevor Trevor. 
you're listening out there, Trevor Trevor, get in contact at Dave Wanaki. Finger, finger, Trevor Trevor. <laughs> Double digits. <laughs> and finally, the surgeon Robert Knox, who has been a bit of a bastard throughout the whole episode. He wasn't ever charged, but his actions did cost him his career. He was seen as guilty in the eyes of many and frequently caricatured in the local newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if that doesn't ruin your career as a doctor, I don't know what will. Oh, they drew another bloody caricature. My head's all big. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> I'll never wake in this town again. I'm all out of whack. Burke got, got, got hanged and gutted, but the real victim here is me. Yeah. I look silly <laughs> in that picture. That, is that really... He just turns to his wife. Does my nose really look <laughs> like that? That's what I look like. Is that what I look like? She's like, well, I don't, I don't want to say anything mean. Oh, fucking mm-hmm. hell. Fucking hell, Helen. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Have you heard of him? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, apart from the caricatures, he was also forced to, forced to resign from his position as curator of the College of Surgeons Museum, and he was gradually excluded from his university life by his peers. Good. Yeah, rightly so. Mainly because they'd be like... Yeah. See that see that caricature of you, Rob? <laughs> Looks like a dickhead. Look a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh bonus fun facts. Fun is in quotation marks. Fun facts. Fun, fun facts. facts. Fun, fun facts. facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. Uh because of Birkin Hare the rhythm. <laughs> because of Birkin Hare and stories of grape robbing at Grape. <laughs> what did I say? Grabe. Grabe robbing. Grabe robbing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I meant to say grape robbing. <laughs> because of Burke and Hare and Storm of Use. I don't know if it's hot if it's possible to be in a room that's so hot that you've like sweat out your <laughs> linguistic abilities, <laughs> but I have tonight. I think you've done it. Try again. It's gotta be forty five to fifty degrees in here, I reckon. And we have we haven't even complained that much. It's pretty good. Yeah. Try again. Because of Birkenhair and stories of grave robbing and murdering to supply bodies, legislation was soon introduced after they were arrested. This act authorized dissection on bodies from workhouses unclaimed after forty eight hours and ended the practice of anatomizing as part of death sentences for murder. So there there was finally enough bodies for all. Yay, because yay. Yay, people are dying so much in the workhouses that there's heaps and heaps of bodies. Look, that was a fact. Sorry, uh, how about this one? A new word... <laughs> I'll move on quickly because it's not that fun. A new <laughs> word was coined from the murderers. Oh. Burking. What do you think burking means? Um, fucking your mate over. Oh, that'd be way better. To smother a victim or to commit an... Oh, an oh Jesus ha- Christ. It was hairs who fucked him over, right? Sorry, yeah. I keep getting confused. Does yeah, t- to smother a victim. Or to commit an anatomy murder. That's burking. Burking. That's gross. Oh, bloody Trevor Trevor over here was burking all night. <laughs> it took a long time. He's a bloody burker. And finally... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean that. And finally, <laughs> a rhyme began circulating around the streets of Edinburgh. And I will not be able to pronounce this if my diction is to anything to go by so far. But this is a, a famous... Rhyme from Edinburgh. Up the close and doon the stair. Butcher and Ben, we burk and hare. Burks the butcher, hares the thief, knocks the boy that buys the beef. Ah. Uh, that is a 19th century Edinburgh rhyme. And there's been uh, a few movie adaptations and all that kind of stuff, but I uh, 
didn't watch them, so who cares? Uh, that is the end of my Burke and Hare report. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Actually, I will say the final thing when I was doing my research on this, I often I like to see if there's any other podcasts out there if if it's going to be a fun topic, and there weren't many on this, which was cool. And then I also looked to see if there's any uh, like sort of documentaries on YouTube. There weren't any, but there was a six-minute video from uh, the famous English children's show Blue Peter. Have you heard of Blue Peter? No. It's very famous for being one of the most, uh, one of the longest running children's shows in history. I think it's been running for about five or six decades. And oh, wow. Every generation of uh, English people grow up with Blue Peter with different hosts. I don't, uh, look up Burke and Hare Blue Peter because I don't know the kind of fucked up shit that you play to your, to your children's audiences in England. But that's where I learned the fact about him being, his skin being bound into a leather book. That's gross. And at the end of it. It's so good. I'll post this video. Six-minute video. They talk about all the, all the murders, all the crazy stuff. And at the end, she goes, and, and back to our food of the day. Did anyone guess what it was? Anyone? That's right. It's curry. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back to her in the studio. and She's cooking some sort of curry dish. A beef curry dish. It is, it is, out, it is outrageous what they're that playing. That is so it. good. It's so good. It's like murders, leather from skin, curry. <laughs> I've never seen Blue Peter. I've heard people talk about it before, and I can see the appeal. I really can. Blue Peter sounds like the name of a serial killer. Blue Peter, do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. big time. He's burking all night. <laughs> Guys, it's time to say thank you for first of all downloading, listening to our show in general, and to say a big thank you to everyone that supports the show through Patreon. Patreon.com slash do go on pod if you want to get. The bonus episodes, if you want to vote on uh, our topics, uh, if you want to get the live video streams, if you want to uh, interact with us on a, a different level, you can go to patreon.com slash dogoonpod. And we'd also like to give some shout-outs now to some of those beautiful, beautiful people. Shout-out! Shout-out to my homies! Now, Jess, would you like to do a shout-out? Yeah, but lately we've been doing, like, we've been giving them some kind of title or... Thing. What, what what could we... What about uh, who who their murderer accomplice is? Burke oh, and Hare. Someone. Okay. Great. Their last name. <laughs> Can we make up? Good one, because all I could think of was like how much we think their bodies would be worth, and that seems fucked. Yeah, what what you could turn their skin into. Oh, okay. No, Dave's was better. So I'd like to start with... <laughs> how many things can there be? From Charlotte... Let's find out. <laughs> From Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm trying to keep talking, so you stop. North Carolina? That's not going to make me stop talking. <laughs> That's going to get me really interested to hear some sort of fun fact about that state. Yeah. Did you guys know that Michael Jordan played college ball in North Carolina? And, he's, and And through his career playing for the Bulls, he would wear his old North Carolina shorts underneath his Bulls shorts. Weren't that in Space Jam? I wonder if that was a fact that was known... By our friend Josh Jones. Good name, Josh. Josh Jones, Jones is good. That's so a rock star Jones name. and come on, don't don't think Jones too much. Jones and Jordan. Jones and Jordan. Oh, good one. That's a good killer. Jordan duo. Jones, I think it'd be. Yeah. Would have done some great alley oop kills. Yeah, that's right. Throw the head up. Jordan dunk, dunks it. Dunks it. Slam dunk the neck till it breaks. Oh my so, god. And the funk. I hate that. Okay, so thank you very much to Josh Jones. All right, so everyone else has done a serial kill episode, and I finally get my shot at greatness, and Jess just shits all over it. Yeah, this is Riverdance all over again, mate. This is something that you're passionate about, you sick little man. Yeah, I'm passionate about (laughs) 1800s Edinburgh murders. (laughs) And I would also like to thank, from Los Angeles, 
Sydney Scott. Oh, I was good really name. hoping you would say Scheinberg because I'm sure he lives there. He's a Hollywood legend. Yeah, you're right. Both so, of yours were um, bloody same letter thing. Sydney Scott. Alliteration. Alliter- you got there. Alliterative. Okay, so Sydney Scott and Scheinberg. Oh, yeah, okay. Scott Scott They'd probably call them the two Sydneys, though, wouldn't they? Probably. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that's what you'd think, but the two Willies never really took off. Yeah, that's right. Why weren't they the two Willies? That's great. A couple of JJ and SS. Thank mm. you, JJ and SS. Matt, how, who you got? I'd love to thank, if I could, and I think I can. From Merseyside, which I believe is in Liverpool. Well, that wasn't quite right. Liverpool. Liverpool. Better. Liverpool. There's two kinds of... No. There's a high and the low Liverpool. Stop. Please stop. Scales? Yeah, all right. Yasmina Litherland. Oh, Litherland and... Hutch. <laughs> That's where I was going to say Litherland and John and Paul and Rinko. I was thinking, yeah, Lennon Lin- 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 and Lennon. Oh, that's good. Litherland and Lennon. They wrote some songs, they killed some people, they did it all. They also liked Hutch. Because <laughs> it was a rabbit. Thank you, Yasmina. Thank you so much, Yasmina. Sick name as well, Yasmina Litherland. Beautiful. Sounds like a, a, a JJ, a, not JJ Abrams, who wrote Harry Potter? JK Rowling. JK Rowling. It's got a, a bit of a JK Rowling vibe about it. Mm. Yasmina Litherland. Mm. I reckon she would have been a good magic student mm-hmm. in a wizard type school. Mm-hmm. And I'd also love to think, this name's also sick, from Provo, Utah, Danny Mutz. Danny Mutz? M U T Z. Mutz and Hut. Mutz and Hut. Mutz and Hut. Yep. It's pretty good. I'd go there for dinner. <laughs> What's their special? Um, Mutz. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Yeah, we do, we do Mutz and we do it good. Hang on, are they, are they, are they serving up dog? <laughs> or are they murderers? What's going on? Um, they're walking here. They're walking here. It's hey, dogs. hey. She's from Utah. I was I I flew in so close to Provo in uh, Salt Lake City one time because that's one of the big hub airports when I drove up to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. What's their bar like? The bar like in no, oh, I had a, I had a quick uh, In and Out burger or something like some sort of American chain American meal. Oh, imagine all the American chain meals we are going to eat on our American tour. Fuck, so bummed. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat so much. In Gary, Indiana. Yep. Gary, Indiana is. I'm going to leave there five pounds richer because I'm going to kill half a body. <laughs> what sore off someone's legs? Yeah. That's how they do it in Gary. That's why some people have said that it's a murder capital of America. I don't believe that for a oh, second. Dear. Don't believe that for a second. I think you just don't want to believe it's it. It's the city of love, and it's the city <laughs> of the century. No, nope. it's the thief capital of America because they steal all our hearts. Uh, I'd like to thank. I'd like to thank a beautiful, beautiful soul. I don't want another pretty face. I don't want just anyone to hold. I don't want my love to go to waste. I want you and your beautiful soul. I'd like to thank the beautiful soul of Tate James. Tate James, who is uh, listening all the way over in Sudbury, Canada. James and... Tate and Tots. What? Tate and Tots. God, you paid money for improv classes. So she goes around, Tatey, and uh, kills with her partners, toddlers. Her partners are toddlers? Yeah, Tots. Right. 
or Tate. If we did uh, go to our, the uh, amazing state of Ohio, would just be a couple of Great Lakes away because they, because uh, Sudbury is just over the border in Canada. So thank you so much for listening there, Tate, Tate and Tot. Tate and Tots. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, no, nah, worth correcting. Yeah. You know what, Tate? I reckon just uh, don't quit your day job. Don't don't kill for money. Jess, you did you did mention I, I did some improv class a little while ago, and I think the first rule, which you don't know because obviously is no blocking, but it is just not something that you can get. I've told you many times for free. You're not hearing it. Go, you gotta go with it. Yes, and yes, and I do have to go with it. Yes, and Tate and Tots, and never talk publicly about me doing improv classes again. <laughs> You've done that several times. Anyway, Dave. And finally, I would like to thank all the way from Portland, Maine. That's right. Top corner, northeast of the US, US of A. I would like to thank Christy Bryson. Christy, Christy Bryson, Bryson and... The Bull. The Bull. Oh, sorry, Bryson. You've really come off second best there. The Bull is a sweet, sweet... Yeah, but The Bull as a character. Very erratic. Are you thinking that because Bryson... Bryson and Bryson? Nah. Bryson and the bull. Bryson what do you mean about me blocking? <laughs> no, that wasn't blocking. That was nah. questioning. Asking. You're allowed to ask. I said no. Is that a question? Hmm. I don't know. If we've <laughs> have we ever had a, a listener from Maine before? That's really, really cool. Our main, our main man. One of the smaller states there. Thank you so much, our... Thanks, Christy. Main listener of Maine. Uh, Christy, <laughs> we appreciate that. Thanks, Christy. On you, Chris. And thanks to everyone that supports the show at patreon.com slash do go on pod. And thanks to everyone in general for listening to the show. As always, you can uh, tell a friend about the show or give us a sweet review on iTunes if you don't have enough money to chip into the Patreon. We understand that. Uh, but if you want to keep the free podcast growing, that's a beautiful way to do it. Mm. Download the show on a friend's mm. phone. Yes. Steal their phone. Say, hey, have you... Sell their phone. Sell their phone. Sell their organs. That's right. And with... Their money by a beautiful subscription to our Patreon. Patreon. Uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, if you want to get in contact or suggest a topic, we have a new way of doing so, Matt. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it is a link to a, a little survey. And it is bit.ly slash do go on hat. Do go on hat. This will also be linked below. Uh, in the episode description. So basically, it takes you to a page where you uh, now fill out a uh, little form with all your details, or what you, why you find the topic interesting, and possibly any links if you know any great articles about it. And then uh, it just keeps it all in one place because Jack the Hat McVitie <laughs> is overflowing. It's redonkulous. We needed to do something. And thanks to everyone who's already su- uh, suggested stuff in the, in the, in the, the new hat. We appreciate that. And if you want to get in contact with us at any time, at Do Go On Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and Do Go On Pod at gmail.com. But that's enough from us. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode, and we'll see you on Saturday, Brisbane. Thank you. Bye. And goodbye. Later. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you.